Well, Jess, I'm super stoked to have you here on the podcast. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the work that you do at Unbounce and Unbounce itself? Hey, Andy. Yeah, good to be here. Love what you do with uh, Healthy Competition. I started working in SaaS just over a decade ago. I started my career as a graphic designer and web developer, uh, working with small businesses and SaaS companies to help them get their first website online. I worked in a freelance environment for the greater part of four years. I very quickly realized that design was not where I wanted to be. And anytime a new project was brought to me, and it was particularly for a SaaS company or an SMB, I always wanted to take a look at what's your business strategy and what are you trying to achieve here and what's the landscape competitively and started out just trying to figure out how other companies were presenting their brands and how other companies were positioning their services or their product. Uh, But it really quickly snowballed into uh, leaning deeply into the product marketing world of uh, go-to-market. And I didn't know it at the time. It was just something I was doing naturally. It was something that was self-taught until I'd say maybe six plus years ago, I came across a job posting for a product marketing role and it lit up my brain. I was like, that's what I do. That's what I want to do for the rest of my career. And so that's the path I took. Um, So yeah, I've worked within SaaS organizations, both B2B, B2C for uh, the greater part of the last decade. And found myself about two and a half, almost three years ago at Unbounce. I currently run a small but scrappy and just in in my opinion, bold and deeply ambitious product marketing team at Unbounce. Um, And we kicked up our competitive Intel program and renewed it within the org earlier this year. So lots to dig into on this front. Love that. Love that. So what, tell me, tell me a little bit about Unbounce specifically. What is it that uh, Unbounce does? So Unbounce is traditionally in the landing page software space. We created the market of let it for number of years. Um, we have made changes to our product and platform, focusing on marketers and marketing teams, allowing them to not just build their landing pages, but optimize for post-click, right? So regardless of your ad budget, uh, we are supporting marketers in their post-click journey to build out their funnels in a way that optimizes for that ad dollar, right? So, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting journey. We incorporated AI for the first time just over three years ago. Uh, we felt like, in a way, a pioneer of the space, but also it was a quiet space at the time. Marketers were not aware of this technology not even near aware as they are today. So it was a tricky, it was a cold space to be in a cold market. We were bringing something that new and felt very uh, independent in doing so. So the last six to 12 months has been a wild ride to see marketing and AI take off in the way that it has. 
Um, and it's been incredible to finally uh, see and feel that market demand um, in the way that we've been waiting for it. So we saw a lot of the wave of early adoption. We're still very much in that wave of early adoption, but you know we have the privilege of seeing thousands of marketers adopt this technology before our eyes um, and generate results in a way that you know, wasn't possible just a few years ago. So that's our world right now. And that's where product marketing sort of sits between that market demand and what the advancement and innovation of our product. Um, and it's exciting. It's exciting to bring these types of innovative products to market. Absolutely. And to use, you know, such new technology in really exciting ways and new ways for folks that are still like getting into uh, marketing. I would love to know. So you mentioned Unbounce is starting to um, use AI within your own workflows internally. You're starting to use it. Uh, actually, like the product now has some AI offerings and you also offer some uh, a product for product marketers to use AI. And so I'd love mm -hmm. to know, like the AI for product marketers product that you put together, was that through some of the uh, work that you did with Unbounce? Like, was that from what you learned uh, through that experience or were you completely separately like just diving deep into the possibilities for AI? Yeah, that's a really good question. So, you know, I would say that my work at Unbounce really forced me to need to become a subject matter expert in the AI space, particularly for marketing use cases. So I do think that there's a, a big part of my interest in AI and the use cases it unlocks and you know the value today and where it's going tomorrow, I think a lot of that is rooted in my work at Unbound. So absolutely. Um, what I'm doing with PMM Ops is for specifically the product marketer. And again, as I introed with, that's my, you know, that's where my heart sits. So uh, I feel like, I don't know, I, I'm on a bit of a mission to really enable our community to leverage AI tools especially in the earlier days, um, and then also understand how to work with them as things develop and progress, progress because it's happening so fast, uh, and then how to work in the landscape of AI as product marketers in our own jobs, bringing these products to market. So it's kind of twofold for me. It absolutely comes from the subject matter expertise I've needed to kick up rather quickly uh, within the world of Unbounce. And it's been incredibly valuable as I work through some of these products specifically for product marketers. Yeah, I love that there's kind of this new wave of uh, product marketers and product managers too, I think, and sellers that are using the experience, their unique experience uh, at work to then kind of come up with their own niche or the things that they're really passionate about. Uh, it, for me, that was, that's totally true for competitive Intel. You know, it was something that I was given as a responsibility for, uh, a couple of the places that I'd previously worked and really, really enjoyed it. And so wanted to dive deeper and learn as much as I could. seems like that was a similar kind of path that you saw or opportunity that you saw with Unbounce and it like lit a fire, uh, to just continue to learn more and share more with people. Uh, before we dive deeper into that. I would love to just like clarify uh, the products that you offer and like how you're sharing this expertise and uh, making sure that other people can can learn. 
Uh, what are so you have you have AI for product marketers and PMM ops, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me tell me just a little bit about both of those. Yeah, for sure. So PMM ops was oh, it's just a fun taking its own wild course kind of project. I launched it in January of this year. My intention initially was to lean in to an area that I really love about product marketing, which is processes and operations. Um, I'm just that type of type A personality. And I, you know, I take that very seriously. I find enjoyment in developing a really strong product marketing organization within a company. And that's not just executional, it's very, you know, operational as well. So I launched that in January, not a huge plan around it, no big dreams around it, really just wanting to get some uh, free value out to the community very early on. But it's kind of taken, you know, a direction of its own. Um, and then at the same time as the wave of AI technology uh, and the really clear, you know, things that it's really good at right now uh, were really clear for how it would impact marketers and product marketers. And it just sort of converged, right? So PMM Ops is still at, is at the core of everything that I offer. It's um, how I present my products and what I present my products under. Uh, and then AI for product marketers, um, just having released version two of it, it's a Notion-based template system, right? So it's super accessible. Uh, if you can get a free Notion account, you can use uh, the product. Uh, and that was really important to me. Uh, product marketers work all over the place. We don't all have a standardized place to you know, spend our time digitally in terms of uh, operations. So I wanted to pick something accessible. Um, and then also, again, just where this point in time is that out with AI, I wanted to really leverage what it was best at, right? So it took me a while to figure out what are the things that product marketers do? What do we do day to day that AI can step in and help automate, help create, help generate? So that's what I focus mostly on. So AI for product marketers so far, all things considered with version one, version two, um, and all of the free templates that I also share out just over 10,000 unique downloads for the whole wow. set of templates and, and, uh, the product itself, which is so fun, right? Like, it's just like, there's a moment where you're like, yes, like product marketers are using AI. And this was the low barrier to entry that they needed today. Right. So. I don't have plans to develop this into a full-fledged product by any means. I think the accessibility is what I find most exciting. The templating of it is what I find most exciting. And I think it's what's really resonating with product marketers today. So it's so fun, right? So PMM Ops, having started very humbly in January as, you know, here's a free database of tools uh, for product marketers and trying to make our lives easier through templating has just moved in and morphed into this space that I'm super excited about. Yeah, that is so cool. I've seen this kind of wave of other product marketers putting together Notion templates like Jason Oakley mm -hmm. has one. Yeah. Uh, another guy, Stefanos uh, Karakasis, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Uh, he's released a few uh, Notion templates for product marketers as well. I think that's really cool that it's, it's provided just kind of a new channel for product marketers to share their work and templates and just ways of going about things. If somebody wanted to put together a Notion template, can you like 
give us like a two minute overview of like how that works. Like just putting together, obviously like the template in notion itself, but then submitting it and then like launching it. Cause I feel like some other product marketers might think that that'd be a really cool uh, path to pursue too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually have a micro course on pmmops.com, not oh, to perfect. plug here, but yeah, just yeah, no, uh, plug away. interestingly aligned question here, Andy. Uh, I have a course that talks through how to build an AI-based template on Notion. So that's a great place to start. It's very foundational. Um, but yeah, I, I think the best place to start is really just dissecting how others have done it, right? Duplicate a template, duplicate mine, use it however you want. Uh, and then, you know, figure out how that was put together, edit it yourself, modify it yourself, and then you have your own template, right? That's kind of the beauty of templating is the beauty of using Notion, uh, is that you can sort of work off of what already exists. Um, so I think that's really important. Templating, again, it's just like, it's just this thing that has been with me through my whole career. I think it's an important piece of like a really well-optimized PMM organization. And yeah, Notion is just like the place for that, right? They have a whole template gallery and which is a fantastic place to share your work, whether free or paid. If you, you know, you think you really got something that folks will pay for, uh, it's a great place to be able to share, hey, here's how I do what I do. Mm. Um, and I think folks like Jason, folks like myself who are building these more operational systems for product marketers are really trying to get at the core of like standardization. It's just not something that exists in our realm. It's a somewhat new function. If we're talking about the grand scheme of, you know, totally. other types of functions that we work with. Um, and yeah, we, we don't have a lot of software specifically for us. We have tools that are more up and coming like Ignition, the go-to-market platform. They just, uh, but it's new, right? We're still getting into what it looks like to standardize our processes. So. Yeah, I, I love, I love, I'd love to see more of it. I'd love to see more folks building out um, this, this type of offering for product marketers. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. And I'll make sure to link um, the AI for product marketers, PMM ops, and uh, the course too, in the show notes too. So folks, if you're listening, feel free to check that out. Um, would love to dive into uh, AI for product marketers a little, a little bit. Is there one specific workflow that either you use the most or just is your favorite that you wanna share? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm kind of obsessed with the script writing capabilities of AI. I, you know, customer interviews, win-loss interviews are so time consuming. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm imagining anyone and everyone who's listening to this is like, yes. <laughs> right. So that's the area that I, I leaned in most and what I love using most. I use it very genuinely in my day to day. Um, so I, I feel like that's one of the use cases that I get most out of. And uh, the template system that I put together, it's one of the most powerful templates. So the way that I think about it is we spend real time one-to-one -one with customers or prospects, right? That is a half hour. That is an hour. It's very time consuming. Multiply that by 10 to get your sample size, multiply it by 15, whatever you're looking to get at. Um, that's a very time consuming thing. So if we can automate the script writing based on your goals, if we can automate the emails that are hey, like, would you like to get a gift card to join my interview? 
hey, I emailed you a week ago. Are you still interested? Or thank you for joining. You know, that's the things that, that those are the things that product marketers will sit down and type out. And if you're lucky, you've done it before and you can reuse it. If you're starting from scratch, that is hours of work, right? So that's what I'm most excited about. It's super effective. It's instant. And yeah, just not having to think through those questions based on your goal is really great. And then you have something to work off of, right? You apply your expertise, you get a little critical, you make some edits um, so that you're certain that the questions will arrive at the responses you want. But uh, that's one that I love and would recommend checking out. Yeah. Oh my God. Couldn't agree more. It's such a time consuming task. And uh, so, so just to, to clarify, when you say script writing, you're saying like the AI is considering your company-wide goals, potentially like as an input. And maybe some other things like uh, like who this person is, like the persona or the company they work for, industry, and then they're mm -hmm. putting, and then the AI is giving you a list of questions that would be valuable to ask. Yeah, exactly. And even more specifically in terms of goals, like, are, am I trying to learn about what feature to build next? Am I trying to learn why we didn't? close this deal? Am I trying to learn about why a certain segment is responding or not responding to our messaging, right? Like there are so many reasons that we talk to customers and you can get really specific, right? And, and ask the AI to develop questions, a list of questions that'll help us dig into and arrive at an outcome that'll help us, you know, with this learning goal. So you can get really specific. This episode of the Healthy Competition Podcast is brought to you by the Healthy Competition Community. Whoa, can you believe that? The Healthy Competition Community is where product marketers, competitive intel practitioners, and other go-to-market pros share best practices and act as a sounding board for questions that Google can't answer. Over a thousand messages are exchanged every month, despite there being less than a hundred members in the community. Now, I'm a firm believer in prioritizing high quality topics of conversation and building authentic connections over member count numbers. So this piece is super important to me. But with that being said, if you listen to this podcast, then you'll probably love being in the community. So join today at healthycompetition.co. That's healthycompetition.co. Now back to the episode. When it comes to uh, the win-loss program itself, do you typically uh, conduct the interviews in-house or do you rely on uh, like an agency or a third party to conduct the interviews? We conduct them ourselves. We also collect number of data points in order to automate win-loss insight. So that helps. That helps us from having to really always dig in and always spend the half hour to an hour with a prospect. Uh, but it's, it's all internal at Unbounce. Nice. Okay. Have you ever used a third-party agency? I, that's, I, I'm kind of back and forth because I definitely f think that there's value, obviously, in talking to customers and prospects that end up not signing or churn. Like, it's really important to kind of get that FaceTime. I think that it's important to like, not just rely on recorded demos uh, and to actually get that FaceTime, but also to your point, it can be so time consuming to hit like the sample size that you would need for the actual data to make an impact and for you to actually feel like you can take an action on it. And so mm -hmm. what, what it seems like you feel pretty confident that doing things in-house works for you. Yeah. So I, it depends on the organization, right? So Unbounce specifically is a product led org. So we drive product led growth. 
we also have a sales arm, right? So that is something that is accelerating over time. And as that business demand changes, the ability for us to run win-loss will likely change, right? So if you're primarily sales-led and you have a sales team that is working with prospects, a sales team of 10, 15, 20, they're working with uh, you know hundreds of prospects a month, that's not really scalable and not really natural unless you have a specialized uh, you know, win-loss expert or specialized enablement expert on your product marketing team, which we do not. As I mentioned, we're small and scrappy. So yeah. I think it works for us. But um, yeah, as, 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 as our sales arm accelerates, um, that might not be possible, right? So it really depends on the organization. It really depends on your primary you know, go-to-market and growth lever. Um, but there are companies like, um, like Goldpan that comes to mind that specialize in this, right? If you have the budget, if you have the requirements, if you are looking to move revenue through, you know, increasing your, your win-loss um, and close rates, like, yeah, absolutely. That totally makes sense. I think it's really important to kind of narrow in on the specifics when it comes to win-loss, because yeah, there are so many variables that can term, that can determine like what the best path forward is. Um, okay. So did a little detour on win-loss. I want to go back to AI really quick because obviously like this is, I wanted to keep the focus primarily on AI and I don't talk about AI too much on this podcast. And I have two more questions mm -hmm. as it relates yeah. to this for you. So number one, outside of your AI for product marketing notion template, are there any other AI tools like ChatGPT, MidJourney, or anything like that, that you found specifically helpful for uh, any of your workflows? I explore a lot. Like I try and keep an open mind. I'm constantly looking for gems. I always go back to ChatGPT, particularly the paid version. I think if you are a marketer or product marketer who really wants to leverage the flexible AI in your day-to-day -day work, paying for, if possible, the paid version of ChatGPT so that you have access to the web and you have access to GPT-4 and plugins and ability to upload and input it's just an absolute wonderland. So I go back there nine times out of 10, right? For me, it's the flexibility and the accessibility. And uh, it takes a little bit of trial and error, right? It's not as baked as using a template system or using a, you know, a, a SaaS tool that has those prompts and those get started points for you. It takes a little trial and error, but I go back there nine times out of 10. And it's just constantly getting better and having access to GPT-4 versus, you know, everything else, almost everything else you're using on the web is GPT-3, just a different, little bit more outdated, large language model. It's just remarkable, right? Yeah. So I, I spend most of my time there, if I'm being honest. Yeah, same. I, I actually just started like a week ago. I finally took the plunge on the uh, GPT plus plan. So I think it's like $20 a month. And the reason I yeah. did was because I'd been paying for, uh, I think it's like $10 a month for mid-journey. And I would really only use it for, in my newsletter, like creating like thumbnails, something like fun little thumbnails. And in my head, I was like, okay, I know that GPT just released Dolly 3. It's like their kind of answer or version of mid-journey to generate images. 
and I gave it, a, I gave it a shot and it worked really, really well. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go like the all in one route. I'm going to ditch the discord server that mid journey was on. Cause I really didn't like that experience too much. And it's been, it's been solid. I've been playing around with GPT four and just like testing it on a bunch of different use cases. And it's been cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's the best of where we're at today. Right. And that's going to change over time. Right. Like I'm sure you've heard the the competition race to race to the top that the the big four are having around, um, you know, implementing AI into search, implementing AI into the day to day workflow. Um, it's going to be part of our uh, constant daily processes. But today it's like lean into the best uh, possible outputs and if you can get into GPT-4, fully recommended. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last question. What, um, when it comes to incorporating AI into your work, right? You've, you've said you've tinkered quite a bit. And uh, what about mistakes that either you've made with AI or stuff that like you tried, but like really didn't work out? Uh, you wanna try to save some product marketers any headaches? Uh, it would be great to kind of hear uh, what maybe you tried, but it didn't end up panning out as it, you know, as it relates to AI. So very in a similar vein to what I'm mentioning around GPT-3 and GPT-4 uh, and using ChatGPT to access the web, really important that the tools that you might be using to, let's say, build battle cards or um, access competitive intel or information, um, most systems are not reading the web. So you are getting information that is outdated as of 2021. Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that gives you a really good high level view of a competitor, or that gives you a, you know, a, a primary look at how you might build out your battle card. Um, but that is a misstep that I think could be very easily made if you're not using the right tools or you're not working with the most up-to-date um, language model. So I think that's important to call out is beware of uh, information that's kicked up around competitive intel uh, and ensure that you're super aware of where it's coming from so that you're pulling the most up-to-date, uh, most frequented information. Yeah, I think that um, the way I've seen people using it or AI for competitive intel recently has been predominantly around like you inputting like the data that you have. Uh, whether it's related to like deal information or um, information on a competitor that you collected firsthand or maybe crowdsourced from sales and then asking AI to help put together like a talk track based on this information or other angles that you might be able to use like for positioning mm -hmm. or messaging some of like your unique strengths or uh, weaknesses, those types of things. Um, again, it's like as long as you can kind of control the inputs of what it has or like what it's considering in its response, then I feel like that's probably the safest way right now. But yeah. I also know that, you know, like uh, they just announced that uh, ChatGPT can uh, start surfing. Well, it, I don't know if it's through the like Bing partnership or how all of that is working because Bard is able to look on the internet like in real time. Mm -hmm. So I'm not 100% sure like where GPT is at this time, but hopefully that changes is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Chat GPT will access the web, but you have to check off that, that parameter in order to do that. So that's really important. Um, and then you're right for, if we're you know specifically talking about 
competitive Intel. There are so many use cases for AI that don't need access to the web. So, you know, summarizing reviews, summarizing a page, um, you know, creating a summary against uh, sales calls, creating a summary against your battle card to develop highlights that are easily digestible for folks that don't need to necessarily dig in. Uh, there are so many really novel use cases that, you know, I, I really encourage product marketers to dig into. Absolutely. Well, Jess, this has been awesome catching up. Like I said, we were, we were chatting when you first jumped in. Like, it's one of those things where we haven't met each other, but I think I've seen you around like LinkedIn land for the past couple of years. And so glad to officially make the connection. Where can folks, uh, where can folks uh, follow you, check out your products if they, if they want to learn more? Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Andy, for having me. Um, this is so fun to dig into these topics with you. And like I said earlier, really love what you're doing with uh, Healthy Competition. I think it's a, a big win for product marketers. Um, as for me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Always there, always active. Uh, just look up Jess Petrella and I'll, I'll be there. And then my website's pmmops.com. So all of my tools, free templates, and the AI for product marketing product is there as well as uh, infographics and, you know, a lot of good fun stuff for product marketers. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jess. Awesome. Thanks, Andy. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode. I have one small favor for you now. If you could please rate this podcast five stars wherever you're listening to it, that'd be super helpful for me. For Spotify, you can only leave a review on the mobile app, and you can do that on the top of the Healthy Competition podcast profile. And for Apple Podcasts, you have to scroll to the bottom of the show's page and click write a review. Each podcast episode takes about five hours of my time from beginning to end, while reviewing it should only take about five seconds of your time. Plus, you'd be making my day. So thank you so much in advance and see you in the next episode.